This episode of Guys Talking Sports is being brought to you by mybookie.ag, the safest place to play, the only place I take my action, the only place I trust. Visit mybookie.ag today. Uh, on this week's episode of Guys Talking Sports, we're going to dig in into the Triple G Canelo fight and the controversy uh, that lies therein. Uh, we're going to discuss uh, week two matchups in the NFL, the KD Twitter fiasco, and of course, Kyrie's interview on first take. So t- stay tuned and, and jump right into the show. Everybody and welcome to another episode of Guys Talking Sports. I'm here today with my man Al. Uh, Earl is on assignment, covering something really special for us, and I'm sure he'll bring back some beautiful content for us next week. So, Al, what's going on with you? What's going on, man? How's everything going? Oh, I'm doing well. Can't complain. Is that another Tuesday? <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Another day, another day, uh, another week. A lot of interesting things going on in the world of sports, you know. Definitely, definitely. And this week's episode, we're definitely going to be talking about a Triple G Canelo fight. Uh, we're going to touch on some NFL topics and uh, also talk about uh, KD and his uh, his ghost Twitter account, hmm. which landed a little bit of hot water over the past couple of days. So, with that being said, what did you think about the controversy that surrounded the Triple G Canelo fight. Do you think it was a fight as close as what people are making it out to be or do you do you feel as though that one judge who had that really wide margin was pretty accurate about uh, the fight from what she saw? Uh, in a nutshell, I thought real quick, I really thought that the fight it lived up to the expectation as a boxing aspect of it. You know, as a boxing fan, you know, people definitely wanted to see a good fight and I'm I'm very certain that they did get to see a good fight. Um, I thought that was a good fight. Um, unfortunately, you know, the decision is what everybody is talking about, not just the actual boxing match itself, but the actual decision about it. You know, a lot of people right. thought that Triple G should have won that um, easily. And the, the one judge, Miss um, Bird, who, you know, ha- has been dealt with controversy, controversy in the past, um, as a judge, uh, I'm, I'm very curious as to how she got this to be a judge for this fight. Um, a lot of people are saying that she shouldn't be banned and, you know, all those things. I'm kind of curious as to see how they pick these judges, um, more importantly, to um, pick these judges to, to judge these fights. Um, but, of course, a lot of people are saying that, you know, this is what's wrong with the boxing world today and the corruption that there is, um, so-called corruption in the boxing world. Uh, me personally, as a fan, I thought that the box, the, the the boxing match itself was very good. Unfortunately, now we have to deal. This is what all the people's going to be talking about as far as the controversy, the, the decision making, and this judge. I mean, right now she's getting a lot more talk. I mean, she's getting talked about a lot more than the fight itself, and I think that's what the issue is. Hopefully, you know, boxing will do something to correct the issue, the mistakes, you know, or do something where something like this won't happen again. Whether they do or don't, it, will, it remains to be seen. But it'd be interesting to see how this plays out going forward. Agreed. Agreed. 
That's very interesting. I think it's a, I think, yeah, I think it is definitely has some sort of corruption to it just because by calling it a draw, um, I believe it was a draw. It, yes. it allowed, uh, it allowed for a rematch to, you know, so that there would be uh, more money to be made for both fighters, for both fighters, even though I don't think both fighters set out to make it so that, you know, there could be a draw. Of course, somebody wants to win versus, you know, ultimately they both want to win. Um, so maybe it could be within the, the whole judges who make it seem like, you know, if they can make it or kind of try to sabotage it just a little bit so that it can produce more fights moving forward to generate more money. You know, I guess in the both boxing camps, it's, it's good for them. But, you know, it robs, it robs the, the individual boxer of an outright title, an outright champion of, uh, of, that, uh, of that belt. So, you know, as a fan and, and, and as a very casual fan, you know, you, you got three weeks of pretty darn good boxing. You know, you got the Triple G and Canelo, then you turn around and had the Mayweather – uh, Conor McGregor fight, and you know, the Conor McGregor Mayweather fight was was very much entertaining. Just you know, maybe not as entertaining as Triple G Canelo, but you know, as a casual boxing fan, you couldn't ask for a better three week period of, uh, of some good fights. So it's unfortunate that this had to take place with this particular fight, you know, and and hopefully, because there will be a rematch. Hopefully, next time, you know. We'll have an outright winner and uh, a true champion of that particular belt. Well, let me ask you a question in that regards, because I mean, of course, it was. I I, I guess I can understand it from a rematch purposes, but you know, wouldn't it be more beneficial for them not to have it settled with with a draw? Then, let's say, for example, you know, like majority of people are saying, without a shadow of a doubt, that Triple G should have won the fight. So, let me ask you a question. If Triple G would have won the fight, um, wouldn't it have been a lot more um, impressive if, you know, we could, when the rematch do come, if whether or not Carnella would be the one to say, you know what, let's see what he can do. Let's see if he returns, how he would return from a defeat like this, you know, especially going the distance. So um, wouldn't that be more interesting in a rematch than if it's, say, just, you know, doing a draw, especially with something as, as controversial as this? So um, what do you think about that? I agree with you. Um, you know, because in that particular scenario, especially going to distance and, every, and both fighters feeling that they had every opportunity to win the fight, no one wants to, to walk away, you know, the, the loser. And, of course, have to come back and, and try to regain that belt because they both probably felt in their hearts that they should have won. Um, but on the flip side, you know, you got one fighter who believe outright he should have won, and the other fighter who, you know, numbers don't lie, you know, doesn't really look as though he should have won. You know, it, it, it kind of puts them on an even playing field, even though it's not necessarily even. And the next fight could be totally different. You never know. You know, the next fight could be a unanimous decision or knockout for, for either fighter. So, I mean, it's going to bring some some much-needed drama. And, of course, that, that same judge won't be the judge that fight, thank God. You know, but um, it will be interesting to see 
you know, one, how quickly would a rematch take place if there if there even will be a rematch? And two, you know, how both fighters will come out and, and, and respond to the fight and will they put up, you know, just as good as the next time around as they did this past weekend. No, I agree with that. I, I definitely, I, I agree with that. I, I would love to see how our media is going to 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 handle this um, because right now it, it does kind of feel like though there is unfinished business um, that is set. In, it almost kind of reminds me of that um, of the Rocky, the first Rocky um, movie um, when they both got knocked down and it was a draw or something like that, and yeah. I wanted a rematch, and it just almost feels like kind of like that's where it was going. Um, and that's where it's going now, where um, it'll be interesting because right now keeping the fans interested in boxing, I believe, is something that it's vital right now because not a lot of people was talking about the actual fight like they are now. And, you know, like you said, between that and the Mayweather-McConnor fight, it was just, you know, McGregor fight, I'm sorry. Um, it was it's, – it's something to be talked about now, um, which is very, very important. Yeah, yeah, I thought, you know, a lot of people thought that the Mayweather-McGregor fight was going to be a joke, you know, but it really came out to be, it was a really interesting fight, I, I, you know, you know, interesting that you kind of jump back to that, but if McGregor had a little bit more time to sit there and train, I think that there might have been a different outcome, but, you know, we're not here to talk about McGregor-Mayweather. You know, we're talking. You know, we're talking about this Canelo and this, the ultimate rematch, which will be happening, and and hoping that next time around that there will be a clear, undisputed winner and no controversies whatsoever based on scorecards or somebody's opinion of how a fight should have been, uh, should be an outcome of a fight. Now, personally. There is such a totally, totally way left than others. Maybe copy scores should be uh, included as far as the amount of hits that uh, boxers landed versus uh, versus each other. You know, maybe that needs to be included within the the overall uh, rounds per fight. And I, I'm sure they break, they do break that down as how many punches landed versus how many punches uh, missed. But maybe that could be like the deciding factor in, 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 in very obscure cases quite like this so that there won't be any uh, any issues as far as scoring is concerned. Maybe that's something that they might look into uh, in the future, possibly. Well, it's funny because we live in a world where there's so much technology now. Like you would think that they would come, somebody would come up with something where they have, you know, the, each hit measures a, 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 a measures a point um i mean don't they have that in the um uh in the olympics i think or i forgot which division that is but you know i thought they had where gloves when they boxing and they land a punch it counts as a point um i, I forgot if i mean i remember seeing it I, I remember seeing it a while back um i know i know that's the fencing but, oh I could have sworn I saw it in boxing, too. It's very much possible, but like you said, I, I think I think that's definitely something that, should, you know, that could take place. 
you know, it, it could, the gloves can be used in, in conjunction with the computer where it can sit there and tell where it's, of course, it's, you know, where it lands and, and give some feedback and stuff like that where uh, a computer-generated judge can be that decided factor. Hmm. Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, like, because right now, people are gonna, always going to, you know, in this world, I mean, we're living in a world right now where judges are going to be um, criticized. Refs are being criticized. Refs are being criticized all the time for something they missed or something, you know. I'm just thinking whether or not with the technology we have today, you know, it's going to be to a point where, you know, something is going to, somebody's going to create something where um, it's going to, you know, um, be more, more used in, I, I guess, refs nowadays, you know. So that's why I'm just thinking, like, I'm just thinking from a technology person, you know, from a tech person, it's just like, I would have thought that they would have something where that would, would already handle that. Right, right, right. And, and maybe they do. Maybe in the lower levels of boxing, maybe this is being tested. But in cases like this, that would have been a, a clear fourth option where that could have been a deciding factor. You know, maybe it couldn't have been – maybe they couldn't give you a definitive answer that day, but maybe after uh, reviewing the documentation or reviewing this, uh, the data points, maybe a clear, a clear warning could have been decided – Within 15 minutes or within half hour or something, you know, something so that, you know, it's unfortunate you got to sit there and wait, but at least somebody would have been the decided the winner. But I guess, you know, uh, people probably don't want technology to get into. People have a hard time accepting technology in sports. That's true. You know, so I don't know in a combat sport like boxing with how well received that would, would that uh, be would be taken. But in the same sense, if it's only used for very obscure situations, you know, it may not be a, such a bad thing. That's true. I agree with you on that. Definitely agree with you on that. Um, maybe the world is not really ready for that. <laughs> um, but the one thing I was saying, um, because when all this was going down and all I kept seeing was like on Twitter about Miss Bird and, you know, how she get the number that she got, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see, you know, how, what, if they're going to do anything to either resolve this or, you know, what are, what else is going to happen when it, you know, with, at, at the end of the day, when all this is said and done. Um, so uh, hopefully when the rematch comes, you know, we look forward to something more competitive, not as not more competitive, but the same from a boxing standpoint as the first match where this one won't be hopefully not too controversial where everything right. is done right. I did hear that they, the Boxing Commission, we're not sure if it was Nevada, um, did say that she is going to, she has been giving, given a leave of absence, um, or they, has been given some time off uh, from the sport. She was supposed to be a judge at the, one of these upcoming UFC title fights, but they relieved her of that and told her just to take some time off. But they still believe that she's a great judge. But, you know, due to the recent this recent activity, they feel as though it's best that maybe she step away from UFC and boxing for a little while and then come back clear-headed after a few months. No, it's, it's, a, it's a good move because, you know, they, that needed to happen. Because a lot of people, I could tell, a lot of people was not too happy, not too thrilled. I mean, people were saying everything from – 
like degrading her to, you know, saying that this is why boxing is so, you know, um, corrupt, you know. So I, you know, I saw ESPN. I saw a couple of people getting extremely upset um, in regards to this being a great fight and having the decision now be the the main topic of discussion when it comes to this fight. So, right, you know, right, right. they need to, they, they did a smart move for letting her take a leave of absence, uh, the least till things calm down, because the last thing you need is to have her in the eye of the public right now, continuing when you have the next fight coming up. Exactly, exactly. Well, it will be interesting. It will be interesting to see how things play out, but you know, it's not the first time that uh, boxing has had their fair share, their controversy when it comes to boxing matches, and I'm sure this is far from the last. So definitely. So switching gears for a little bit. Wait, before you switch gears, um, why don't we do take this break from you know before we go into other uh, topics? Why don't we take this break to thank our sponsors for um, supporting us and sponsoring us. Ever since we started this podcast, people have been asking for advice. Usually, it's what's team to bet on this week. You got the Patriots or the Steelers, Chicago or Detroit. But let me tell you this, where you're betting at is just as important as who you're betting on. So that's why I always tell people to go to mybookie.ag. MyBookie has been in this business for years, and their rep is rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses, so off the bat, you're making money for doing nothing. And I mean absolutely nothing. And they have the fastest payouts. Seriously. Just two business days. You know who's going to win, right? Lay down some cash and win big today. I and we, guys talking sports, would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me and to all of us in the podcast. That's why we are urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and an all-new mobile site that makes wagering on the go of greens. Join now, and my bookie will match your deposit up to 100% bonus. Use promo code GUYSTALK to activate the offer. That's G-U-Y-S-T-L-T-A-L-K, G-U-Y-S-T-A-L-K to activate the offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. And thank you again, my bookie. Uh, I'm sure you won't be disappointed, fans, if you go out there and reach out to them and uh, and make sure that you place your bets through them because they will uh, make sure to pay you out very quickly when you win. So don't hesitate. Just go on to mybookie.ag and get started today. So... Moving right along into uh, into week two of the NFL, what are your takes? Uh, we saw the New England Patriots bounce, bounce back from a thrashing from the Chiefs and uh, put a hurting on the Saints. Um, we knew that they were going to bounce back. You know, it's never never too early to sit there and panic when you got Tom Brady and Bill Belichick in your corner. You know, they're always going to do what they do. Um, Green Bay took an L. 
to Kansas City, I believe. You know, don't don't let me get started. Let me uh, <laughs> let me let me let me let me pull up uh, those uh, those scores to make sure I'm very much accurate from the NFL. Yeah, so the Falcons beat the Packers. Mm-hmm. Um, the Broncos destroyed the Cowboys. Redskins, yeah, Redskins beat the Rams. Redskins, I'm sorry, the Raiders destroyed the Jets. Dolphins are off to a good start. Um, Titans destroyed the Jags. Steelers, Steelers do what Steelers do. The Chiefs beat the Eagles. Ravens, Browns, Ravens over the Browns, the Panthers, 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 Bills, 9-3, Snooze Fest. And then, of course, another Snooze Fest with the the Texans and the Bengals. So from all that you've seen, read, and watched over the the weekend uh, concerning the NFL, what really sticks out to you? Two things sticks out to me um, right off the bat, being as though I live in the Central Jersey. Well, not I can't say Central Jersey. In the Jersey, New York area, um, I will say this: both the Jets and Giants are if they if they don't change up some things in some shape or form, they're going to be probably fighting for the worst um, team in not just their division but in their conference, respectively. Uh, I thought that. I didn't see nothing from the Jets that doesn't surprise me. And with the Giants until, and I know Earl is not too happy about this, but until they do something with their offensive line, they're not going to win any games. I mean, like their defense can't, is not going to be able to carry them. They just look way exhausted. Um, So I think that this probably won't be, I probably, if they don't handle it real quick, both the Jets and the Giants is going to be in last place, not just in their division, um, but most likely in their conference, AFC and NFC, respectively. Um, I also thought that the Raiders did what they were supposed to do. We all knew the Patriots were going to do what they were supposed to do. Um, nothing really was surprising to me right off the bat. Um, I, I thought the Kansas City Chiefs really showed me that they're willing, they're doing you know, they can blow out a team, but they also win in close games. So that's something that I definitely would keep an eye on. Um, the Panthers, like you said, the Panthers and Bills games, uh, I, you know, that was just I, – I was – I don't even know what to say about that game. Like, that probably was the most boringest game I've seen. Um, where there no offense was doing anything on, for that matter. I also would say this. I don't know what's going on with Cincinnati. But they starting to look more like Cleveland. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, all jokes aside, like I, Andy Dalton was used to be the man. Like they used to have, like they, they had a ten win season not too long ago. So I don't know what happened for them to take that slide. But man, they 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 don't they look uninterested at all. They they're in the same almost in the same realm as the Jets and Giants. So it's uh, I don't know. Um, but I will say this also. Um, the coach for the New York Giants to take a shot at Eli, you know, wasn't really. I can't blame Eli for the things that happened because that was basically they got until they handle that old line. You're not going to see anything better from from the Giants. But as far as all the other teams are concerned, you know, I think the Raiders are doing what they're supposed to be doing, and we all expect the Raiders to make a jump now. 
um, now that they have the weapons in place. So outside of that, I really didn't see anything else that really caught my, my eye. Uh, well, to me, uh, the Falcons showed me something about beating the Packers. Um, showed me that they are looking pretty good without uh, Shanahan calling plays for them. And they look like Matt Ryan is looking to continue his success from last last season they carried over to this season. Um, the Broncos just showed me, period, point blank, they're, they're probably the best team in the AFC, um, especially with that defense. And Trevor Simeon looking as good as he's looking at quarterback. Question is, can he do it for 16 games? You know, that's the biggest, that's the biggest takeaway. We know that he can do it in squat games, but can he carry it over for an entire season? And that will be that will be something to see. Um, like you said, the Raiders Raiders destroyed the Jets. Uh, nothing more to be said about that. Uh, <laughs> Marshawn getting stupid on uh, on uh, during the game, doing his little dance on the sideline. <laughs> that was entertaining. You know, you gotta love Marshawn just being Marshawn. You know. East mode is he's Oakland and he's just enjoying life right now. Uh, part of the Oakland Raiders, and you know when they're winning, I'm sure they're you know they're gonna hit a little bit of uh, controversy. But I think they're gonna really start making you know get back to what they were really doing last season. Now that Carr has had a couple more games underneath his belt since his injury, um, the Dolphins kind of surprised me. Um, Jay Cutler. Managed the game well. Uh, obviously, he's very comfortable under the offensive coordinator and and, and showed his comfort level. Uh, didn't have any stupid mistakes and just played a pretty pretty straightforward, pretty pretty honest game, uh, which propelled Dolphins to a victory. Uh, Cardinals Colts. Uh, that was just ugly. I mean, the score is very indicative, not very indicative of what you think, but. You know, Carson Palmer is not the QB he once was. Indianapolis ain't crap. Though, Jacoby Brissett wasn't bad. He managed the game well, but he had that, that interception in overtime on the first play of the, the first play of overtime, which caused him to lose the game. Um, be looking forward to see what Jacoby Brissett does next game, um, considering he had to learn a whole new offense, and this, he's only been on the team for two weeks. So definitely looking forward to see what he does next. Uh, Buccaneers Bears. I mean, what can you say? Uh, James Winston, this might be his year. Uh, I'm not gonna say he's gonna put up mind numbing numbers, but you know, he has the tools, he has the resources, he has the run game, he has the weapons on the outside. The defense is nice, there's no reason why they shouldn't be contenders in their division. Uh, Titans did what they had to do, Seattle. I'm sorry, uh, the Steelers. Steelers look, Steelers look good. I, I, I'm curious to know if Sam Bradford would have played with the outcome been a little different for the Vikings. Um, Chiefs look nice, man. The Chiefs look real nice. The Eagles aren't bad either. The Eagles are not bad. Uh, the Ravens, you know, they. I need to see a little bit more of them. Uh, Flacco played better the second game than did the first, but. The Browns, you know, they're going to take their lumps because they started a rookie quarterback and one of the receivers got hurt. So, like you said, 
The Bills, Panthers, God, snooze fest. Move on for that. Patriots, Saints, we touched on it. You know, Brady's Brady. Texans, Bengals, Thursday night snooze fest. You know, the Bengals, like you said, I don't know what's going on with them. They, they fired the offensive coordinator. <laughs> the fans are screaming to bench Dalton and get Kaepernick on, on the squad. Um, <laughs> AJ McCarron, the backup quarterback, was like, ah, pump your brakes. <laughs> I, know, they, I ain't gonna front. When they started calling for Cal and that that kind of <laughs> that was a chuckle right there. Uh but I mean, you know, every year the Bengals have a pretty decent squad. They got the weapons, you know, AJ Green and I forget their uh their uh their other their other receiver, but they got running backs, they got defense, they got a quarterback. I just don't understand. It seems like they regress so badly. Uh, maybe they just need to go back to basics and they continue to do what they need to do to move forward to try to get a, a, a W in week three. Um, the Seahawks uh, 49ers, uh, I don't know, man. The Seahawks defense is Seahawks defense, but uh, until like Seattle, uh, and the Giants, the offensive line is not playing all that great. And as you can see, uh, Seattle's having some real struggles offensively. Uh, they got talent, you know, but uh, for whatever reason, I don't know why they won't help uh, their quarterback and get them some, uh, uh, maybe a couple more O-linemen uh, and uh, possibly a decent run. Uh, you know, I think losing Marshawn Lynch was uh, was big for them, you know, because I'm not saying it, it, it masked uh, their QB play, having Marshawn Lynch, but when you have a dominant run game, it does make the passing a little bit easier. And now that their run game is not that great, you know, they can zero in and, you know, pull their ears back with uh, trying to focus on the pass game and, they, they just don't have the, the talent there on the, the weapons rise. You know, they got a they got a, a great tight end, which I don't know. The, 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 was it the Falcons that traded him? Uh, can't even think of his name right now. God, who? Wait, you talking about the one that um that uh the one that got that went to um not the one that went to um Miami, right? No, no, no. We're talking about uh. Russell, let's well, let's get something straight. Russell, Russell, Russell Wilson um, is no Matt. I mean, no Matt Ryan. So Agreed. He's Agreed. not going to be passing it that much to begin with. So, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, but it just goes to show that um, I think not having an imposing running back like a Marshawn Lynch is starting to expose Seattle a little bit. 
We'll see. I mean, it's still still early. You know, still young in the season. Not even a third of the way through the season, uh, or fourth of the way. So you know, we'll see how the thing pans out. But what we do know for a fact: the Jets stink. The Giants look like they will be stinking up the place if they don't settle or define their whole lines uh, situation really quick. The Saints. Drew Brees and all that talent in the world, they have an offense, but the defense can't stop can't stop a cold or can't catch a cold. Uh, it's going to be a long season for them. You know, and uh, I'm really curious about the Buccaneers. I want to see how the Eagles are going to bounce back. I'm curious to see over under how many games the Browns will win. You know, and like I said, it's only week two. We got 15 more weeks to go before the playoffs. It's going to be fun. It's going to be real fun. And, of course, we're going to have plenty of time to talk about that every week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. And you're talking about the – it's already Tuesday. You know, you already got the Thursday the Thursday matchup with the Niners and the Rams. I'm curious to see if my Niners can uh, build off the moral victory of the 12-9 loss to Seattle and – put something together against the Rams and see how they can uh, pull out a victory. And if the Giants go down uh, loose to the Eagles, I'm pretty much going to just say that the Giants season is done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I agree with you on that. Or or, or uh, try to get an offensive lineman to liberate AP from, uh, from, from uh, New Orleans and give him the opportunity to be the running back back there because, I mean, he can't do no worse. <laughs> Uh, I still, I mean, even that is true, but still, it wouldn't be effective for him because that old line, like to be honest, like that's, it's so paper thin. It's 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 amazing that you know, like Eli don't get don't get that much sack, you know, like he, you know, it's, it's I'm just amazed at that because. Until the and like I said, like the and people were saying, you know, their offensive line was the same, you know, you know, same as it was a couple, you know, years ago, and it was winning. Their offensive line is diminishing. Not just even though it's the same, they're diminishing. Yeah, right before your eyes, and you know, they may not have been the top ranked offensive line, um, but they did enough to to at least give Eli some, you know, some time. And right now, they're not giving him no time at all. And, you know, it doesn't help that the wide receivers that Eli passed to is dropping passes as well or, you know, the ball's not coming to them and they're not, you know, doing the – making the catches. But still, it's, it's the, the offense is just – it needs some major adjustments. But do you think that even if the offensive line was a little better, that Eli would be a better QB right now? Definitely. Do you think Eli is regressing a little bit? No, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's regressing, but it wouldn't be at the, the level that he's where he's at right now. I right. think with a stronger offensive line, and of course, like you said, maybe you know, maybe that'll help the run play, which in turn will help his passing overall. Mm-hmm. Because right now, teams is like, you know, why should we worry about running? We, you know, we could do like three, three, four defense, just have three men rush them. And probably still can get to Eli, you know. Right. So, you know, the teams can play conservative with the Giants now. They're not gonna. It's not like they're gonna beat them, you know, running the ball. 
you know, and then the, the conservative defense is, looks like it's working perfectly against their offense. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. I agree. So, uh, switching gears, and I know, like you said, we'll have plenty of time to discuss football. I'm sure there will be some trades and some other things that will be carrying on here very soon because a lot of teams are going to realize that what they have just ain't worth having. And either there are going to be some releases or, you know, like the drama that the NFL is. Hmm. Um, what is your take on this whole KD and his other Twitter account that he used to talk about himself in the third person when he when he engages with fans and uh, other individuals that's not his true Twitter account. And what he said about his past coach and past teammates. But what was your take on that? I mean, uh, how would you take that? Not so much as the coach, but if you knew that you played alongside this man and he said that about you, minus Russ, how would you take that? Uh, you mean uh, from a from like a former teammate standpoint? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I, I went from a former teammate standpoint, I wouldn't I, – I, I wouldn't say that that wouldn't hit a nerve. Um, I would definitely be more, you know, candid about it. Uh, but I would just say I would see him on the court when it's time to play and take it from there. I mean, I already know that for a fact that some, some players already called him out on Twitter. in regard, Well, not called him out per se, but, you know, talked about, you know, just how great their coach is and, you know, being around people that are family-oriented and stuff like that. Um, me personally, I wouldn't take it to heart, but I would also, you know, make sure that I circle the date or when the next time I play him and take it from there. Um, coming from a fan that, you know, coming from a, a former player, that would be something I would do. Hmm. The whole thing with the social media thing is just, you know, you know, a lot of people like, it's it's almost like if you don't if you don't control it, it'll control you. Yep. So you know if as long as you don't take it to heart, then it really wouldn't be an issue. But you know you got people that will take things to heart and respond to even fans who say something. So that's the nature of, of social media. You know, if I were a player on that team when he was there and I'm still part of that organization and knowing what the special season that Russ had last year and what Russ was able to do to carry them into the playoffs. And then I heard this, not only would I be circling the date, on the calendar to play Golden State, I think that would want me to step up my ante as far as, you know what, ain't nobody going to sit here and say that I may not be on Russ's level, I may not be on KD's level, but that's not going to tell me to say I'm not one of the best players in the world to play this sport at this level. And I'm going to do everything in my in my power 
to be better. And maybe as a team collectively, they take that to heart. And maybe, just maybe, you know, they were a five or six seed last season. They'll probably still be that five or six seed just based on the, the, the talent that's in the West, you know. But maybe with the addition of Paul George and some of the role players and some of the other guys step up, maybe they, they might make some noise. And maybe, what do you know? They'll face Golden State in the second round. And then they go toe-to-toe. And then see see who's the boss of who, you know what I'm saying? And again, you know, just like they said, any, with sports, anybody could lose at any given day. You know, and Golden State might be great. They very much are great, but they are beatable. You know, but you got to play damn near perfect to win. And that's the biggest, that's the hardest thing for any team, especially in the playoffs, to play four perfect games in order to beat them. But that would be my motivation factor. Um, as far as KD is concerned, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it's, to me, it sounds like he takes certain things a little bit too personal. You know, people going to talk what they're going to talk. You know, if you're, if you're a snake, you know, you want to take your talents to – the most talented, talent-rich team in the NBA, you know, so be it. Nobody's going to sit there and say, you know, whatever, you know. When LeBron said, I'm taking my talents to South Beach, yeah, he was berated, you know. He was beat over the head with it, jerseys burned and all this type of crap. But, you know, when he did what he did, he stopped talking about it. He just went off and played in Miami, didn't address the media all that much about it, you know what I'm saying, and he just played. It seems like KD can't get past the whole thing. Like, he, it's, it's striking a nerve now. And, yeah, sure. I mean, considering he came out with his kicks, with everything that was said on the bottom, with the soul of his new sneakers that's coming out saying, you're this, you're that, you're this, you're that. You know, now he's talking about putting a snake on a tattoo a snake on him, you know, because people call him a snake. Like, he, he uses that for motivation. But, dude, I mean, that's – if you need that as motivation, there's something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, at this point, there should be no reason why you're talking now. There should right. be no reason why you're defending yourself. There should be no reason why your your focus should be on what people are talking about you. I mean, you just won the NBA championship. It, I mean, your focus should be on repeating. And like you said, there's plenty, plenty of players that left. And, you know, they had to get it out of their system yet. But, but once they got it out of the system after the first year, you know, they moved on. There should be no reason why you're still talking about this. And the fact that you're keeping it going just makes it that it's like you're happy where you are, but you feel as though that you need to still get support from OKC to mm-hmm. make sure that everything is all right. You don't really have to do that. You have the fans in Golden State. You know, you got a championship there. Just stay it, you know, focus on that. You don't have to worry about OKC fans. They're going to be fine. They got Russell Westbrook. They got Paul George for the moment. Um, and they have a team together. And, you know, whether you realize it or not, the OKC is going to move on without you, whether you, you know, whether you want to talk back to them or not. Russell Westbrook is not still complaining about, you know, what happened after you left. Right. He's on his – he's worrying about working with Paul George now. And mm-hmm. you're still putting comments on – social media in regards to what you're doing about your brand you know let your brand speak for itself 
can't, I can't believe I'm saying it, but you know, <laughs> let your brand speak for itself. You already got the people, you, you know, you ain't go to state, just stay, you know, deal with those fans. Talk about that. Don't focus on OKC. OKC is just doing fine without you. You know, they may not be, you know, they're not missing you. It seems as though that they're not missing you as much as you're missing them. Agreed. Agreed. Now, now here's something for you. What was your initial reaction to the whole Kyrie interview on first take? Uh, uh, That's, I mean, I, I will say this, you know, it just tells, it just shows me that there was a lot more going on when all this, you know, if he's saying he was patient this long to get to this point, it must have been a lot. He must have, to me, I mean, this is just my opinion. I don't think he was cool when LeBron came back. I don't think he was happy with it at all because he had to share the responsibility. But I think he bit his lip because of the fact that, you know, he's going to help me from being where I was to a lottery team to making it to the playoffs and eventually making it to the finals. So I think he was okay with that as long as he was making it to the finals. But I think he wanted to be the man when all this is said and done. And to be honest, this goes back to what I was saying before, you know, about Kyrie Irving because, you know, he took the big shot, you know, that won them the championship. But yet everybody still, you know, thank LeBron because it was, you know, his team. And I really think that now, based off of the conversation, you know, based off the first take, I really think that that really was the case. I really think that Kyrie Irving wanted to be the man, you know, and be celebrated like the man that brought home the championship to his, to his team. And I think he was he didn't want to be second fiddle to LeBron James. And that's where we are right now. And it, it, I really believe that, you know, he was not happy with LeBron coming here because coming back to Cleveland. And, and like I said, that's just my opinion. But I just don't think – I think that, you know, if LeBron came back and this was Kyrie's team, maybe. But he, 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 didn't, he didn't want to do what Dwayne Wade did. He didn't want to, you know, succumb to the fact that it's LeBron James' team. He wanted to be, you know, this is – Kyrie Irving's team with LeBron James added to the mix. And I think that that's really, you know, that's, that's just how he is. And I'm not knocking to say that, that, you know, that's a good thing or a bad thing, but that's just how he is. And he wants to win. Like he wants to put the ownership on the team on his shoulders and mm-hmm. not worry about other people focusing. Like, you know, it felt as though that, and it, it kind of felt that way when he took the big shot, he knew that he was going to take that big shot and, you know, it felt as though that he still didn't get the recognition that he felt as though deserved on a winning team, on the shot that he made. That's what it looks like to me. Well, I mean, nobody's knocking the fact that he hit the shot, the dagger, that won in the championship. I, mean, I don't think anybody, media, teammates, anybody would take that away from him. Um, but, you know, I, I do think there's an air of saltiness. Um you know, that he had to play second fiddle. Oh, look, I'll question. I'm pretty sure of it now. Definitely pretty yeah. sure. I think the one glaring thing 
that stood out to me was when Stephen A. asked him, you know, did you have a conversation with, with LeBron prior to, you know, your request? And he was like, nah, I'm a man. What I need to talk to him about what I'm doing with my decision. You know, he says that, but then he turns around and says, you know, well, basketball is a team sport. You know, it's a team thing. He, he, he emphasizes team. But when it comes to something that is affecting your current team, he didn't feel it was necessary to have a conversation with that dude, you know, which I found to be very interesting. So, that, you know, my takeaway from that is that, you know, it's obvious that he – he won't come out and say he got beef, you know, because he's trying to come out to be that bigger dude that, uh, that you know, what's done is done is just leaving in the past and going, you know, and going about our business. But um, I also think that he used the trade as, as validation to say, well, damn, I must be a superstar because they had to give up IT, Crowder, uh, the, the, the big – the 2018 first round draft pick just to get me. So obviously I got to be somebody that's a top dog in this league if they have to give up that much for me. And I'm very curious to see what Boston is going to do. You know, um, I don't personally, I don't, I don't make the playoffs without a doubt because the East is just weak, but personally, I don't think they're going to make it back to the, to the, to the Eastern conference championship. That's hey, just who? Boston. Really? No. Wow. Come on. I mean, okay, because what? You think Kyrie and Gordon Hayward is going gonna, is gonna, is gonna to bring them in? Yes. To the Eastern Conference Final? Yes. Over, over Washington? Yes. Over Milwaukee? Yes. Over Toronto? Yes, without question. Definitely over Toronto. He's going to grab. <laughs> be honest, I already told you this. I already told you with Kyrie added into the mix – I think that Boston will give Cleveland a, a, a six or seven game series. <laughs> Without even hesitation, I would not be surprised if. Um, yeah, I would not be surprised if Cleveland don't make it into the to the uh, the finals. Uh, look, we'll, we'll talk about Cleveland. Another <laughs> we're talking about we're talking about Boston right now because I mean, if you want to talk about Cleveland. Derrick, they're not asking, you know, Derrick Rose has to sit there and start off the season as a starting point guard. Derrick Rose don't got to be no no Kyrie to win. You know what I'm saying? Because they got, they, got, they got options. But anyway, that's where they're here today. My, yeah, big, Boston. <laughs> my, my, my big thing is, who is their third scorer? In, in Boston? Mm-hmm. You got Kyrie, you got Gordon Haywood, you got Al Horford. If you don't have that, you got Jalen Brown, who showed himself in the playoffs, and you added in Jason Tatum. They're going to be a dangerous team, I'm telling you. When they get this ship together, which they will by the end of the NBA year, they will at least be first or second in the Eastern Conference without question. Sorry. Mm, I don't know. Washington lost, Washington lost some players. They lost Vladanovich. And they lost some some key people in the in the um second unit on their bench, so I I I, I see them equally. I see them taking a little bit step back. Milwaukee, I can see be more dangerous. Um, to be honest, I see Milwaukee over Toronto, without question. Mm-hmm. I, I I just don't see, but it doesn't matter because it's going to come down to be Boston and Cleveland. 
because you're going to have Kyrie with a chip on his shoulder. He's going to do whatever it takes and make sure that this this Boston team makes it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, I, and that's I, I I really see that that being I really see that happening. And what happens if he doesn't? If he don't, then I I don't see them taking a huge step back. But they Jalen Brown to me is going to be I'm, I'm making a prediction that he's going to be in the running for most improved player here. Like. Jalen Brown showed me that he could, if he steps up like he did in the playoffs, they're going to be a dangerous team. Even without Avery Bradley, you know, they still have Marcus Smart. They they have enough pieces. Marcus Smart, dude. Yeah, no, trust me, trust when I say this. They're not superstar talent, but they're the San Antonio of the uh, San Antonio Spurs of the East, where everybody fits into a puzzle. And I'm gonna tell you this right now. They have the talent, enough talent, and then you add in a Kyrie Irving, who is a superstar itself. They're they're going to they don't have the true superstar to carry them, but they have enough star power to make a dent in the Eastern Conference without question, and for years to come. So, so you try to so are you diminishing the value of it and James uh, uh, and uh, and Crowder? Not at all. No, I thought that I no, not at all. I think that it and and Jay Crowder is going to be. Significant pieces on Cleveland. I really believe that. But, but you, but you don't think their losses are, are not going to be significant? No, right. no, because it they just replaced it with a with Kyrie Irving. Who okay, but then in they got Jalen Brown. They got Jason Tatum. Like all jokes aside, Jay Crowder was going on a diminishing side of his career. You got Jalen Brown, who did very well in the playoffs. Um, to be honest, he almost carried, you know, when uh, IT went down, he almost carried that team back with the help of Marcus Smart, of course, but they carried that team back to beat Cleveland without oh, IT in that, that first, in that game. <laughs> so I'm telling you right now, Jalen Brown, like, to be honest, he has the physical strength and the tools to to make a significant dent in, in with Boston, without question. Well, like I said, it's going to be an interesting, very, very interesting uh, NBA season coming up uh, with Definitely. all the drama and the storylines. And I, I'm sure, I think the season starts in less than a month. I think they're starting two weeks early this year. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they are doing it two weeks early. So we'll, we'll have plenty of time for that. <laughs> right. We'll be dissecting, uh, taking some time to dissect uh, every every division and predict who we will, uh, who we think will come out of East Division and represent the Eastern and Western conferences. You know, we should we should have done that with. Uh, did we do that with um, NFL? Um, I think we said we were going to wait till after Week One, but you know, we'll wait till um, Earl comes back off of assignment to sit there and really dissect that. Okay. And uh, and, and uh, declare who our winners are, even though it's kind of. It's really no fun when you sit there and, and try to predict winners after the second or third week. Yeah. Right? So, you know, you, you try to predict them in the beginning. But, hey, you know, the NFL well, is an individual week, so. That's true. that's true. All right. With that, you know, I think we're coming to a close. But with that being said, where can they find you at on that thing called social media? Uh, well, that social media thing has been real hectic to me lately. But you can find me on Twitter. Um, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, 
yeah, you can find me on those two spots, really, for the most part. Uh, Facebook is, you know, iffy, iffy, but you can definitely find me on Twitter and on Instagram. I am Al Qualls. All right. And for myself, you can just find me on Twitter, CatDaddy1963. That's CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. And again, we'd like to thank you guys for, for listening, for uh, inspiring us to, to just keep going and uh, produce the content that we're producing. You know, by all means, please, if you have questions, concerns, comments, uh, things that we might have stated incorrectly, please, we're not perfect. You know, let us know. Let us know what we're doing. Uh, give us ideas for upcoming shows if you think we might be missing something. And also, please give our sponsor a big shout out and uh, go check out their site. And you know, and uh, you got the MLB playoffs coming up. I know we haven't touched baseball, but you know, coming up playoff times, we'll be definitely diving in and talking about some uh, baseball playoffs. And that'll be a great time of any just to go to mybookie.ag and really test your metal and see what you can do and come, you know, make your pockets nice and fat with uh, some really, some really cool bits. And, uh, you know, let us know, you know, how your winnings are doing, you know, and even, you know, give us some ideas about who you think, you know, who you think should win and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll broadcast them during our show. Ah, good idea. You know what we should do? Maybe what we'll work on is put like a, um, a voting um, poll out to see who, you know, for people to vote, see who's going to win, you know, the NFL, um, like the game of the week, or how about the Monday night game of the week? And right. we'll do something like that. Yeah, that sounds like a plan. Cool, cool. cool. Like and we can definitely reach it out on social media. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Well, folks, once again, it's been another episode of Guys Talking Sports, so we look forward to, uh, to sitting down and just having a great conversation next Tuesday. Until then... Have a blessed week. For those that might be impacted by Hurricane Jose, all my all my friends and family and uh, folks out in the Caribbean, stay strong, keep your head up. Hopefully those in uh, the U.S. Virgin Islands and Puerto Rico, uh, you know, I hear it's gonna be really bad, but hopefully, you know, you guys are pulled through strong, resilient folks and, you know, get things back to where it needs to be soon after this hurricane is over. Yeah, also to all those people that's affected in Mexico from that earthquake, you know, um, pray that you guys are safe and sound as well. Um, also, before we go, happy Founders Day to the fellas of IOTA Phi Theta Incorporated. There we go. Wow. Yes, ah. <laughs> Always a beautiful day when it's September, September 19th. Uh, exactly. Big shout out to the bros of IOTA Phi Theta, the brown and gold. Exactly. Well, Al, it's been, it's been great. Look forward to next week, man. All right, man. Take care. Fellas, take care. people, take care. <laughs> <laughs> Till next week. Peace and hair grease. <laughs>